welcome, welcome back to the Chai Academy, and if this is your first time, then welcome to the Chai Academy. Just as a quick reminder, the Chai Academy is daily classes, four times a week, given by yours truly, Rabbi Sachs, the rabbi of the Chai Center, and we touch upon so many topics. There are a plethora of, of topics. One can find them the Chai Academy on Spotify, on YouTube, on Anchor. Even go to our website, thechaicenter.com forward slash academy. Each class is self-encapsulated and each class will, will um, even if it continues, it, one will still be able to glean and learn. So um, you, you do not, ha if you missed the class prior, it's not a big deal, it's of no consequence. I mean, it's a consequence to me, you know, but it's uh, of no consequence. You get my drift. So um, today, yesterday, uh, the, the, other, the previous class we gave was on anxiety, which is a very common human condition, right? We all have anxiety. We all have anxiety at some point. We all have anxiety. Some of us, it's social anxiety. Some of us is dental anxiety. Uh, you know, some of us is uh, children, parents, in-laws, work, colleagues, food, right? And there's, there's so many different anxieties. And um, we spoke about anxiety. I'm not going to rehash, as you can always see the previous class. Today's class is less common, unfortunately. Today's class is about happiness. Um, I think Dennis Prager wrote a book I have in my library. It's called Happiness is a Serious Problem. And it really is. It really is. Happiness is, is, seems to be elusive for many. Happiness seems to, 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 to just... People cannot, you know, they, 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 the whole day their mind drives them crazy. And then at night they ask themselves, what are they doing here? And they get up in the morning and they say to be or not to be, that is the question. And, and um, you know, why was I created? I, I would have been better off a frog and better off a goat. Um, and it's just that goes round and round and round and round and round. So how can we attain happiness? Now, the irony is that it's coming from me because I struggle. Admittedly, I struggle. I have a lot on my plate, and uh, and and I struggle personally, uh, professionally, etc. So happiness, by the way, is not just a nicety. Happiness is not only a virtue. Happiness is a moral obligation. It's a biblical obligation given by the Torah, given by God. Happiness is not something you can dismiss as, I can't. Happiness is a pursuit where you have to, just like you, you pursue different obligations in your life. If you haven't showered for three days, you'll be crazed. If you haven't slept for two days, you'd be insane. Um, I'm the eighth wonder of the world as far as sleep goes. but um. The, the, the um, happiness is also, happiness is something that you need to pursue. And it's in the Torah. The Torah, it says, if do us Hashem besimcha, serve God with joy. In Deuteronomy, it says, because you didn't serve God with joy. I mean, this, this, is, um, this is a biblical obligation. And of course, the immediate question that comes to mind, Shom Aleichem um, the, the immediate question that comes to mind 
is how could God command an emotion? It doesn't seem fair. Command an act, yes. Do something. Don't do something, we get, right? But how can God command an emotion? You have to be joyous, you have to be happy. And therefore, we must say is that there are certain tools that are given to us to be happy, that make us happy, that guide us into happiness. And um, while it's true it takes work, um, they are very effective. Extremely, extremely effective tools of happiness. And um, and and this, I'm sure there's many, and I'm sure that uh, what I'm about to say I don't think is in Dennis Prager's book, but I highly recommend his book. Um, but um, the, 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 there, are, there are many approaches, there are many gateways to happiness. Um, I'm going to talk about the, the, where Judaism has to, what Judaism has to offer. What Judaism has to offer. What, what is it that Judaism can offer us on happiness? How? How do we get happy? How do we fulfill the command? So before I begin, if you have questions, you can write it in the comments section and I will try and respond or it may spur a, a, um, a, different, um, a different thought. So questions are always helpful, discussion, as opposed to me talking to a wall, I do that at home. Um, I don't have to do it here as well. So we'll begin. <laughs> There's a joke. There's a humorous anecdote out there is that this wealthy man who's pre-planning his funeral. He goes and to his, he, he goes to the funeral home and he goes to the cemetery and he also now is researching a rabbi. And he researches who is the best rabbi, who has the, 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 the who, who is, um, has a great diction, elocution, oratory skills, who can, who can really deliver the best eulogy? And he finds the guy, and it wasn't me. And he sits down with the rabbi, and he asks the rabbi, okay, how much do you charge for a eulogy? So the rabbi says, well, we have three packages. We have the deluxe package, the premium package, and the basic package. So the wealthy man says, explain. What what is the, the the deluxe package? He says, well, the deluxe package is, is that I deliver a eulogy for seventy five minutes. I cry seven to eleven times. I extol your virtues to the point where there's not one dry eye in the audience. New York Times picks it up and talks about you and shed, sheds light on your life based on my eulogy, even the angels in heaven applaud. Wow, how much is that? So he said, $10,000. He goes, 10,000 bucks for eulogy? Tell me about the, the next package. He says, well, the next package is, is where I speak for 45 minutes and I, 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 I will cry at the beginning, I will cry at the end, you have my guarantee, and um, uh, there won't be a dry eye, I don't know about the angels, and your eulogy will be picked up 
in the Long Island Business News. Front page, mind you. How much is that, Rabbi? He goes, well, that's 5000 He goes, still too high. He says, well, I have the third package, basic package. It, it's, it's only $1,000. And, um, and what is it, Rabbi? What will you do for $1,000? He says, what will I do for the $1,000? Yes, what will you tell everybody about me for the, for the $1,000? So he says, well, I will tell them the truth. Which who knows how long that is. So that, that's a humorous anecdote, but it speaks volumes. It's incredible. So um, it, the reason why I thought of it is because we have in the Mishnah, Mishnah thousands of years old, thousands and thousands of years old. And, um, and it tells the Mishnah ethics of our fathers, chapter six, Mishnah nine, paragraph nine. It's a Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma. Rabbi Yossi said that one time I was traveling and somebody met me and he, he said, Shalom. And I said, Shalom. And he said, Rabbi, where are you from? He goes, oh, I'm from this big city full of Torah scholars and, uh, and, and yeshivas and houses, uh, academies and, and amazing people, you know, and just uh, they take care of the poor and they, they study and there's, there's, there's a daily services, you know, eight to nine separate services for each morning service, the afternoon service. And uh, he says, it's just amazing. He says, Rabbi, come to my city, please, and I will give you thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars, gold coins, rubles, right? Uh, just uh, whatever you want. So Rabbi Yossi says, I told him that if you're going to give me all the anything, all the precious stones, pearls in the world, I won't live in your town. I want to live in my town. He could have stopped there. But then he said something amazing. And he says, furthermore, when a person passes, they do not escort him, not with silver and not with gold and not with precious jewels. And what is he adding? What is he adding? Mishnah doesn't mince words. What is he adding when he says, and furthermore, when a person passes, he will not be escorted um, with, of course, nobody, nobody's foolish enough to put gold in, 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 the, in, the, in the grave. Nobody's foolish enough to put diamonds and pearls and rubies, right, and sapphires and emeralds or, or stock certificates, right? Nobody would do that. Of course you do not escort the person to his grave with these riches, right? Of course you don't. So it got me thinking, it got me thinking, what does he mean? So as a pulpit rabbi, I officiate in funerals, um, many funerals, unfortunately more funerals than weddings. And I noticed something incredible at these funerals. The family gets up, or they ask the rabbi to deliver, so it's delivered through me. Basically, what 
a good person the person was. He was a great, the person was a great spouse, great parent, great boss, great colleague, mentor, child, congregant, and community member. Let me give examples. Give one or two examples. Some of them they have to dig really deep. And in 20 minutes, this resume, this it's almost like a, a, a CV, a curriculum vitae, a short resume, um, is over, and then we bury. There's so much more to talk about the person. We can talk about the person, person's life, is that he had a watch collection, a coin collection. He had a Bentley collection, and he drove only one of 11 Porsches made in this country per year. He owned houses, not only on the East Coast, but the West Coast, and not only on the East Coast, but two on the East Coast. And then, of course, in, in, in Martinique and France, and, and, a, a, um, and, and a house in Israel. In addition, in addition to that, he was an avid fisherman, and um, he played a mean game of soccer, and forget it, you go up against him in poker, nobody better than him. You don't, and, and, and if you would write up that part about him, if they would talk that part about him, that wouldn't be 15 minutes. That would literally fill a book about his accomplishments. The man worked 16 hours a day, and he was still sharp as a tack from morning to night. And um, he, the, the kids only saw him on the weekends. And in the eulogy, they say yes, and he came to some of our sports games. The truth is he came to one, two. So it's almost like there's two different resumes. One is a resume of the eulogy, the eulogy of life, this person's life. And the other one is the life actually lived. The eulogy of life is 200 pages. And, and the actual life is 200 pages, and the eulogy one is two pages, front side and back side. It's not meaningful. Yes, it's great to, to earn money. Yes, it's, it's good to be a shrewd businessman. Yes, it is good to have diamonds and gold and silver, and you can dine in the finest restaurants. That won't bring happiness. And that's what Rabbi Yossi was saying. The, you don't escort the person with diamonds and jewels. You never talk about the diamonds he's acquired at the funeral. You never talk about his wealth. Nobody brings out his, his the accountant doesn't get up and say, this is his profit and loss. Never. You don't. Because even though that's the longer resume compared to the CV, of, eulogy, of the eulogy, it, it, it's, it's not spoken about. You know why it's not spoken about? Because ultimately, after living a life, who cares? You know, in, in, in one of the, the psalm we recite when pretty much at the end of a burial service, 
is it says these words they blow me apart these words it says that a person when they bury they don't take everything with them you don't bury the person's Cessna with them you don't bury the Bentley right? or their grandfather clock you don't do it it doesn't doesn't matter if they bought Apple as an IPO or if they live in in Beverly Hills or Bel Air. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right? It, it, it's, it's what matters is not the life lived, but really is the life that is eulogized. That is important. That is critical because the bottom line, that's what's said. The meaningful things you gave to people, one gives to people. The meaningful you know, experiences that, that that the family and friends have has nothing to do with the size of the carrot on the person's finger. Nothing. Zero. What it does have to do with is the quality of life one spends with their spouse, with their kids, with their friends. With, with with the community, with, with with God, that that is the wholesome life. And proof of the pudding, right? That is what's said at the eulogy. Not anything else. Not anything else. So I think the first the first part of 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 happiness, the first part of happiness is 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 really to, to lead a meaningful life a meaningful life right not one day should go by without you learning something new i make it a point whether it's a word whether it's a phrase whether it's a concept i make it a point personally every day i learned a word the other day and i got fought on it it's called negatory and is that a real word or not but negatory um, but I, I, a word a day, a phrase a day, whatever it is, I subscribe to a lot of this nonsense. But it's 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 meaningful. It's a lot of it's time wasting. True, but but the 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 idea is you got to lead a meaningful life. God doesn't care how many stocks you have on Anheuser Busch. Doesn't care. Doesn't matter. Have you met Warren Buffett? Right? Doesn't matter. What matters is meaningful relationships, etc. By the way, it's unbelievable. I don't know if you've heard of this. There's, there's a Harvard study that began, began in 19, 1938. The the um, it's had the study has lasted this long. Um, it's amazing. It's had four directors. The last one, the one who current director, I think his name is Dr. Robert Wal Waldinger, if I be believe. But the study is called the study of human development. What it done, what it did. This is how it started. They took 724 young people in Massachusetts area, and they came from different different parts of life. Some, some were in Harvard, sophomore, freshmen, juniors. Some 
didn't go to Harvard, they went to MIT, or some didn't go to school at all. Some lived in the in the in the, in the uh, tenements in Boston. Some lived in in the um, you know where the Peabodys live, you know West Bank Bay. What's it called? Um, some people right, and some people lived in 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 the lousier part of town. Not in Cambridge. And they took these seven hundred plus, and they followed them. They 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 had they followed their health charts. They they spoke to the parents. They spoke to family members. They spoke to you know their doctors, their their therapists if they had, and um, and they followed them. Every couple of years they touch base, and um, to see the progress. And what was fascinating, and by the way, they did it. They did it at at at, um, at when they were twenty one, when they twenty seven, when they're thirty five, and you know, and it's already seventy years. So, uh, so Waldinger writes that he has come. He's found something fascinating. He says, putting all this information together, we noticed that everybody was different. Some people became doctors, some people became lawyers, some people became dishwashers in a restaurant, other people became plumbers, other people became um, undertakers, and other people became whatever, different people. They, different people had different cholesterol. They had a different, um, they scanned their brain, different activity. Some were addicted to drugs, others were addicted to alcohol, others were addicted to work, others um, were, 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 were um, you know, were, were not workaholics, were, were, they used to scuff laws and used to, you know, never went to work, they were lazy, relied on, on, on public dole. And he says, they're all different. We couldn't really find a common denominator. Because if somebody had high cholesterol at 50, didn't mean they had it at 70. If somebody was struggling in their 40s, doesn't mean they were struggling in their 60s. Some people went from bottom to top, some people went from top to bottom. It was very difficult to pinpoint one common denominator. That affected their lives. And it was apparent from the 700 plus panelists, interviewees, the quality of their relationships, the quality of their relationships. We're not talking about Facebook relationships. We're not talking about, you know, wow, I got 1,600 friends, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and we're not talking about, you know, we're talking about good friends, friends, as an example, Friends that you can rely on, friends you can confide in, friends who were there for you, call them up middle of the night, they'll come running, you need help, you need a loan, you need assistance. I need to drive to to to, to Washington because my, 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 my kid needs me. I can you come with me? A friend. Right? Some people have the only friend they have is they pay three hundred and fifty dollars an hour once a week. You know, maybe twice a week. But good, solid relationship with a friend. Good healthy marriages. The workplace is where you bonded with your co-workers and, and, and you have good relationships there. So Waldinger said the key to a quality life, the key to happiness 
is relationships. Relationships. Not money. He said, up and down, that fluctuated. Not cars, meaningless. Not size of the carrot or the ring, not so. The quality of the relationships. How are you with your kids? How are you with your spouse? That is what gives us a meaningful, happy life. Your relationship with God, your relationship with your rabbi, your relationship with your community, right? Are you giver or taker? You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, 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 it's much better to be a giver, right? Um, and, and in all aspects of life, how is it? How is it? How's your relationships? Are you, you know, you don't, you, different people are different things. Some are introverts and some are extroverts, etc. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the bottom line. An introvert and extrovert is really, where do you get charged? Where do you get your charge? So some people get their charge from talking to people. Other people get their charge. Uh, they get charged and they get reinvigorated and, and addition, you know, life is when they sit at home in the dark and they, and they recharge their batteries. Others need people to do it. And they're alive around people and they're, they're completely dead with themselves. You know, they, they, they're, they're morose and other people the opposite. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about introverts and extroverts. What we're talking about is real honest to God with relationships. Rabbi Yossi from the Mishnah is saying exactly the same thing. It's not about the gold. It's not about the precious gems. He said, I'm happy where I live. I'm happy where I live because there are yeshivas, there are synagogues, there's a community center, there's, there's, there, there's people who are philanthropic, who help the poor, there are hospitals. I, I, I'm, I'm, I know all these people. You want me to uproot myself and, and no, it's not, I don't care about the money. I care about the quality as opposed to the quantity. It's not about the money. Yeah. Money makes the world go round. There's no question, right? I, I, I know myself, right? I, I, I am a, I'm a, a director of a decent sized nonprofit. I need a lot of money. I have to raise a lot of money, right? 28 employees or whatever, you know, it, it, I, so of course it makes the money go around, but doesn't, it's not, doesn't bring essential happiness. It doesn't. It make life easier and you won't get a call from the bank, but it doesn't bring essential happiness. It doesn't. And if it does, then it's very shallow. What does? relationships love people and they love you back have this you know harmony between you and others is 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 the key and it's not just me talking it's rabbi yossi talking it's not just rabbi yossi talking it's dr robert waldinger talking from harvard a uh, big macha right this is this is an and so it's tried and proven so to me, that is that is um, one of the first steps to happiness.
tomorrow, please God, we will we will talk. We will continue on this happiness part two, where we'll talk about the the um, another step, and then we'll talk about another step as well. And maybe who knows by the weekend I might I may think of more. But um, that's it for now. Any questions in the comment section? If you've enjoyed this class and you'd like to watch it again, once again, highcenter.com forward slash academy. If you think somebody can benefit from this class, from the happiness class, if somebody needs to hear it, by all means, send them this and send them my number. Um, be well. And uh, a little feedback is always helpful. Thank you.